Good day, mate. Good day. How are you doing? Hey, all right. How are you going? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. You ready to roll? I'm ready to go, yeah. Here we ready go. To go. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America Babylon and transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite, you are listening to Omega Man Radio Network with Shannon Davis. G'day, mates. Welcome to Omega Hello. Man Australia. We've got live with us Deliverance Minister Peter Whiffen from the Gold Coast. Peter, welcome back, bro. How are you doing tonight? This I'm morning? doing well. I can go on the camera, too, because my ah. internet's going good. Oh, really? You want? Uh, yes. yes. Let's roll. Um, let, Let me um, hit accept, and I'm going to bring you on camera. Fantastic. Makes right. a bit more interesting. Oh, uh, Yes. You're coming through. Looking good, man. Hey, how about that? Looking real good. How you doing, <laughs> my brother? <laughs> you know, going well. Going well. We um, we finished our work for the year, and um, I'm enjoying now a little bit of time where I can really um, re relax and uh, look into things and um, do what we do, praying deliverance and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I was watching um, something the other day. It must have been a documentary, and um, they showed some pictures of the Gold Coast. Yes, I remember what it was now. It was a documentary, and uh, one of the people interviewed lived out in the Gold Coast, and I saw the, the beach area there and the skyline there of the city. That is one mm. beautiful country, my brother. Yeah, you know, the tallest building there, it was the tallest building there. Um, I had the penthouse there. That's that really tall high-rise? Yeah. Whoa. I had the floor 7301. Man, look beautiful. <laughs> used to look down on the planes flying past, you know. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. I know so, that had to be uh, beautiful. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, it's, it's good. And uh, we, we've been having some exciting times here. We're, 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 uh, we're getting more revelations all the time. And, um, and that's amazing. <laughs> Praise the uh, Lord. And and they're revelations that are actually helping in in deliverance. So um, uh, seriously knocking uh, knocking the spirits of wickedness around. So uh, I got some good things to share today, and um, I really hope it helps and uh, encourages people to to get into the battle. And um, because you know, we we say uh, deliverance ministry, but it's not a ministry really. It, uh, teaching it's a ministry, but doing it is the job of the church. Everybody, so um, uh, it's it's there for 
uh, everyone. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll feed my sheep to Peter. And, and that food is deliverance. It's the, the, the blood and the body uh, of Jesus, <laughs> as we know. We're going to have a but, great uh, time on the Lord, Peter. Oh, Welcome yeah, we'll today. Time. And I want you to open it up in prayer. And the mic is yours. You can run with it. All right. Um, we, we thank you, God, for today, and uh, we praise your mighty name, and um, we ask that what you've done be made clear, and any um, uh, uh, good clarity come uh, so people can see and have faith in, uh, in uh, who you are and what you're doing and uh, what the real gospel is and not, um, not the extended uh, powerless gospel. So uh, we pray in Jesus' name that uh, everybody's uh, eyes open, myself included, and that any um, any witchcraft coming against us be bound. Let it go back to whoever's sending it, and um, let them learn not to be witches. Um, God, let their protections fail, and let them learn um, the truth too. And we pray for their souls that they uh, they can see and be saved on the great day of judgment. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome. We're live with Minister Peter Whiffen from the Gold Coast of Australia. And be sure and check out Peter. We've got live video feed from Gold Coast on YouTube right now. Share it with your friends and join us for the next hour. Peter, without any further delay, the mic is yours. Bring what the Lord has given you to bring tonight. All right. Well, what what I thought we could do it like a conversation. And uh, that way way you're not just sitting there because you're pretty good. And as we all know, and uh, if you want to. Otherwise, I'll just preach it. I'll be glad to chirp so, in any time, but you know what? I'm here to learn, too, so take the mic and run with it. Okay. What we what I'm going to talk about today is how to do deliverance, practically, by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. So uh, I don't know if people realize uh, exactly how and why uh, deliverance happens, but uh, we can start with a foundation in Scripture called, uh, in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 4, It says, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. So that foundational scripture says how deliverance happens. Um, (laughs) uh, I think that the the doctrine of administering judgment uh, has has disappeared. It disappeared out of the church and that's what created the Dark Ages. And I don't know if we realize when we do deliverance, we're actually doing judgment on the devils. So the devils are getting judged, and uh, that's why they scream when they come out. <laughs> they burn. So uh, it's that spirit of burning that comes upon them that burns them. So let's look into it further. Uh, there's some passages that confirm that we have judgment in our hands, and uh, I think we are a lot of people doing deliverance know this, but... Uh, I like this one in Daniel 7.22. It says, Until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. That's nice, eh? Judgment is given to the saints of the Most High. But when is it given? goes on. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Are we not called to say the kingdom is at hand? That means we have judgment in our hands. Amen. So in Ezekiel thirty-four sixteen, it says, I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. 
the fat and the strong, if you have a look at fat, it's the fat that was burned as a burnt offering in the temple. We'll get to that because that's got to do with fire. Help is by judgment. Uh, Psalm 119, 175 says, let thy judgments help me. So we're actually helped by the judgments of God. And um, every single creature must drink the cross. It says in uh, Jeremiah 25, 15, For thus said the Lord God of Israel, Israel means God prevails, by the way, unto me, take the wine cup of this fury at my hand and call all the nations to whom I send thee to drink it. What is the wine of the fury of God? Psalm 75 verse 8 says, In the hand of the Lord there's a cup and the wine is red. It's full of mixture. And he poureth out the same, but the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall wring them out and drink them. That, I believe, is the judgment for the cross. It's the judgment for crucifying Jesus. And um, <clears throat> unfortunately, the blame for the cross is on men and demons. In um, uh, Luke chapter 24, when they're arresting Jesus, Jesus said an interesting thing. He's talking to him. Remember that passage? He's saying, <coughs> um, "Excuse me, uh, why do you come out and arrest me now? You could have arrested me while I was in town at the temple, but you come out like I'm a thief." And then he said, "Nevertheless, it's your hour to the men and the power of darkness." So he's he's pointing at two things there: power of darkness and men arresting him. So the blame. Uh, is on man and on Satan. Um, <clears throat> I had an interesting insight. I was reading, you know, the account of the um, uh, of the garden, and um, I'm I'm thinking, you know, we're saved from uh, the fall. But uh, then I read something funny. Um, it, it says, "Let's kick him out of the garden." Uh, God says, uh, "Let's kick man out of the garden in case he eat from the tree." of life and live forever. So it was still a possibility after the fall for man to live forever. Um, that means that the, the judgment of the fall was not an eternal death. It was death, but not eternal death. Otherwise, man would not have been even able to eat from the tree of life. Now, God hid the way to the tree of life because he doesn't want man to live eternally in a corrupt state. God said, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. That death is a rescue. And it's a rescue because you can't be born into God's family unless you die. There's only one begotten son, and that one son has righteousness in his hand and the name above every name and he's given everything. God has only trusted righteousness to one person, himself. So it's safe. 
And the whole goal is for us to become incorruptible. Therefore, the process of becoming incorruptible is to die and be born into God's family, sown corruptible and raised incorruptible. So then I'm thinking, how come man has eternal judgment? What's caused that? And the only logical conclusion you can come to is for killing the eternal son. Under the law of eye for eye, life for life, sowing and reaping, if you're guilty of killing the innocent eternal son, you will die eternally. So this leaves two positions. This leaves a position of, are you guilty for the crucifixion? Or are you the crucified? The scripture says, we are crucified with him. We are baptized and raised with Jesus Christ in his death. That means we're on the side of the crucified where we were condemned already, that condemnation is being the crucifier. Because Jesus was put on a cross for the sins of the world, that means it's the fault of the world that he went there. Anyway, in order to, um, in order to uh, show this, God has done deliverance and healing to show that the kingdom is at hand, but not completely done, because we're still corruptible and we still die. So in his grace, he's giving us deliverance and healing in advance to prove that what he's doing is correct. And um, so what we have now is, is that we have the judgment in our hands to judge, save the lost, and judge the condemned. The Bible says that, the Bible says that Satan is condemned. The God of this world is condemned. He's condemned. That means the kingdom of darkness is condemned. So... In uh, Psalm 148, verse 5, it says, Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. That's the glorious victory of the cross. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. To execute, the reason you got the sword is to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. This is a reference to uh, the demons, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. We know that scripture. And to ex upon, execute upon them the judgment written. This honour have all the saints. Praise ye the Lord. Well, um, that's fine. Where does the judgment take place? And uh, there was an interesting scripture comes up uh, about the disciples. Uh, remember uh, with the stoning of Stephen, they around that passage, uh, they said, um, let's uh, others do the work so that the apostles can um, do the business of breaking bread. And I'm thinking, breaking bread? <laughs> uh, wouldn't it be the business of preaching the gospel? Um, breaking bread is the judgment. It's deliverance. I believe they were busy healing and delivering left, right and centre. Um so um, where is where is the judgment? God says in um, Psalm 23, verse 5, Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Why is it a table? Why is it not a sword or a shield in the presence of enemies? It's a table. 
when you sit at that table, Satan has to sit there too. And when you eat the bread and drink the, the wine in communion, someone's got to pay for that meal. And um, I'll explain later how God shows how that happens. The sin is forgiven, but the transgression must be paid for. And that transgression transfers to the scapegoat. I'll come back to that. In 1 Kings chapter 10 is the first story of deliverance. It says, the story of Queen Sheba and King Solomon. It says, and when Queen Sheba, her name means seven or an oath, by the way, heard of the fame of Solomon, whose name means peace, concerning the name of the Lord, that <laughs> we cast out devils in the name of the Lord, right? She came to prove him with hard questions. She had problems. And she came to Jerusalem, the teaching of peace, with a very great train. Jerusalem means teaching of peace. With camels that bear spices and much gold and precious stones. And when she heard she was come to Solomon, peace, she communed with him all that was in her heart. She told him her problems. I believe she was uh, harassed and possessed by demons. And I'll explain why. Solomon, peace, told her all her questions, and there was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. He's operating in word of knowledge here. And when the Queen Sheba, seven or an oath, had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers and his ascent which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. She got delivered. There's deliverance right there in the Old Testament. So why? you got to do that. He used the movie stars of the old age to show the world deliverance, even back then. So we take some scriptures about what the kingdom of heaven is that, is, there's, that we have at hand and um, where that kingdom operates its judgment. The table is in the kingdom, eating, drinking, and judging, and that is in Luke twenty two twenty nine. The kingdom of God is within you. That's Luke 17, 21. The Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's Luke 12, 32. You cast out devils. No doubt the kingdom of God has come. Luke eleven twenty. 20. Heal the sick. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Luke 10, 9. We are to pray the kingdom come. Matthew six ten. So if the... Judgment is at the table. People who sit down to the table better make sure it's the judgment's not going to hit them. And I believe this, Shannon, a lot of deliverance doesn't take place because of God's mercy. If he was to do the deliverance, the person would get judged along with the devil because he's sitting on that side of the table with the devil. You have to be sitting on the side of the table with Jesus and you have to be dressed for dinner. Um, if you are not dressed correctly, you will uh, you'll die. Now, the Apostle Paul said, those that come and have communion unworthily get sick and die. And the reason is they're calling judgment 
at the communion. Um, this is how you get deliverance. If you can get um, under the protection of the righteousness of God, God can drop the deliverance on your enemies and burn them. If you're in the way, I believe God holds his hand for another time because the better option is you keep your devils and uh, you're, you're not hit with the judgment. So um, dressing for dinner, the first thing is to make sure you're not in the way of the judgment. By why? By how? Job 29.14 says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. Isaiah 59.17 says, He put on righteousness like a breastplate, a helmet of salvation on his head, and he put on garments of vengeance. Garments of vengeance is interesting. For clothing, and wrapped himself with a zeal as a mantle. <coughs> Psalm 132.9 says, let your, let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your godly ones sing for joy. Romans 3.22 this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. See, Jesus said an interesting thing on the Sermon of the Mount. He said, if you want things, first seek the kingdom and then his righteousness. Well, how do you seek the kingdom? You pray for it. He said, pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. The second one is his righteousness. How do you seek that? In another place it says, Abraham believed God and it was put on his account as righteousness. Now, Abraham didn't just believe God. He believed what God promised him. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Our faith, it's not just faith. It has Faith is just a, a word like this cup. This is a cup. But what's in it? What is your faith? The Muslims have faith. The Mormons have faith. Hare Krishnas have faith. It's faith in the promises of God that apply to you. That's what's got to be hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the promise of God. The ability to hear is because God promised us the ability to hear. And faith comes by hearing God. And that happened on Pentecost. They were given utterances. Uh, Jesus said to Peter, you heard God, and I'm going to build my church on that, on the ability to hear God. God told you this. So um, uh, we straighten out that doctrine. So burning, the spirit of burning is very interesting. If we take the account of Abraham, uh, he's got Isaac, uh, and um, something happened with some animals uh, and some fire just before that. In Genesis 15:17, it says, It came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between the pieces. Abraham was clothed in, uh, covered in gross darkness and it was scared the hell out of him. And he was shown with a burning lamp how God was going to part animals and go between the animals and this is fixing the corruption when um when adam and eve uh, ate from the tree they gave their authority for evil to come in to the world 
not only did the evil corrupt them, it corrupted the whole world, the animal kingdom, the lot, signified by there must be a new heaven and a new earth. The old earth is passing away. God, when he made it, said it was good, but the corruption has caused it to pass away. When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he, he marveled at the fact that Nicodemus didn't know, as a teacher of Israel, that you must be born again. He didn't know that the whole way to fix the corruption was a re-creation, which means we've all got to be redone, sown in corruption and raised, born again, back to life, incorruptible. To us at the moment who are Christians, we have a deposit of that, but not the fulfillment of that in completion because we are not incorruptible yet, but we will be one day, providing we overcome. So God is showing Abraham how he's refining the corrupt creation by putting a burning fire through the middle of the animals that are split in half. This is the way God preached to Abraham. Uh, this came out further as burnt offerings in the, um, in the temple. And uh, we can see the account here, and this is very interesting, because we'll see who is burned, and it's not Jesus. Genesis uh, 22.13, Abraham, the father of a multitude, lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham, Abraham the father of a multitude, went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. So we all know that Isaac is the type and shadow of Jesus, but who is the type and shadow of the ram? Now, if we take the ram, the ram is caught by its horns in the bush, in the thicket. Uh, another place it says that the, th the thorn bush is, represents sin, and horns represent power. And the ram caught himself in his own power in the thorn bush of sin. So <clears throat> what Satan did with his own power was crucified Jesus and caught himself. Now he must be sacrificed, and that is a type and shadow of the, of the ram being sacrificed in place of Isaac. But this is a burnt offering. That means Satan must be burned, and we know he's burned because in Revelations he's uh, cast into the lake of fire. In Leviticus 16.21, it's very interesting because we have here the Day of Atonement or atonement going on, and we have atonement with two goats, not one. You know, we all go Jesus, Jesus, but uh, there's two goats involved here, and um, there is – Two goats. Uh, let's see if we can uh, recognize who those goats are. And it says in 1621 Leviticus, And Aaron shall lay both hands upon the head of the live goat, uh, because th there's one alive and there's one dead, one's been slain, and confess over him the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions in all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat and shall send him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. That is the payment for the iniquities. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That word of our testimony is testifying for Satan to pay for the death of the Lamb. And Satan becomes the payment for our sins. Jesus paid by dying and Satan pays for Jesus dying. <laughs> it transfers through through the cross, not directly, but indirectly, because it's the fault and men. 
it's possible that men pay and Satan pay. I believe this is what is happening with the world today is that Satan is transferring the blame, all the blame he can to men who will take that blame. And men who die in their sins die with their sins. They're not accounted to Satan. But when we confess our sins, those sins are accounted to Satan because he put Jesus on the cross, Satan and men who put Jesus on the cross. So they become the scapegoats. So um, this is how we are saved in judgment, by um, causing the devils to pay for the cross. They must reap what they've sown, they must die, and they must be burned as a burnt offering, sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. So we've been doing deliverance here, um, praying that... Um, uh, and commanding the demons to bow at the table and take their judgment. In Isaiah 9.6, For us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Priests. The increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it. And establish it with judgment. Who is the kingdom of David? David's name means the beloved. And Jesus is the son of David. We are in the kingdom of David as the church. And upon his kingdom to order it. If we don't order judgment on the devils, it doesn't happen to them. And establish the kingdom with judgment. And with justice. Justice is the burning, judgment is the written order. There's a judgment and then justice is served by the fire of God. And from henceforth forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It, um, this is why the church was anointed with fire at Pentecost. The fire is to administer the judgment on the kingdom of darkness. Now, I believe the church is selling themselves short by waiting uh, for the gift of uh, speaking in tongues. It's ridiculous um, they, to wait for the firepower. Um, people say, oh, to get the Holy Spirit of Pentecost. Well, if they read the Bible properly, you'll see that God, uh, Jesus, after he's resurrected, gave the Holy Spirit to the disciples before Pentecost. He said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Those whose sins you forgive are forgiven and those remit are remitted and those whose sins you retain are retained. When we uh, when we uh, remit sins, we we buy them. We actually are purchasing them using not money, using blood as money, blood money, the money of the cross. So when you declare, I remit the sins to the cross with the blood of Jesus. Those very sins go to the cross and then Satan is responsible for them for the payment of the iniquity of them. And then those sins are retained on him. See, in the Passover, um, there's an example here, uh, Exodus 12, 8. And they shall eat the flesh in that night and roast it with fire. <laughs> right, there's the fire roasting flesh. This is how we crucify the flesh. We crucify the demons in us. 
Remember Moses uh, lifted up a snake in the wilderness, a fiery serpent, and whoever looked upon that uh, got healed. What, what do you think God is showing there? You know, Jesus is not a fiery serpent. It says, just as that snake was lifted up, so shall the Son of Man. Different. Son of Man and that fiery serpent, different, different, different. Fiery serpent is a burning snake. There's your example. You must burn and crucify the demons, and when you do that, people get healed and delivered. They shall eat the flesh of that night and roast it with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. There you have the unleavened bread is the sinless body of Jesus, and the fire is the judgment. If you go up to Leviticus, you'll find at the showbread table 12 loaves of bread signifying to me the 12 loaves of Israel, a blessing to mankind, and it signifies Jesus' body because on those loaves is put frankincense as a memorial offering by fire to the Lord. So uh, we know that Jesus' body had frankincense on it and it all pins together there with the ability of the fire. Jesus said he wished that fire was already kindled, or it's kindled, but he wants it on the earth. So on the day of Pentecost, the church was given the fire power, firepower. Um, we are to wait in Jerusalem for that firepower, and this is the problem. People are not waiting. The church hasn't waited. They're running out, trying to do everything else with no power and no fire in their life. And uh, they've they got the gift of speaking in tongues, so they think. You know, <laughs> I've had people manifesting, and they start speaking in tongues, and it's not the gift of tongues. It's a devil. Anyway, Luke twenty four forty six said to them, Thus is written, and thus it behoved Christ, the anointed, to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem, which is the teaching of peace. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, the teaching of peace, until you be endured with power from on high. This says, stay under the right teachings until you get the firepower. This is why we're to make disciples. This is why we're to teach when you know what you're supposed to know, I believe God will turn you up and give you the power and you'll find yourself getting results in deliverance and healings. Uh, there's a lot of people talk to talk, but they haven't got the power of demonstration in their life because they it's not their fault. They just haven't known to stay in the teaching of peace. Knowledge is not power. The power and fire is a gift from God. We need the baptism of flaming fire. Psalm 104.4 says, Psalm 104 verse 4 says, Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flaming fire? God makes ministers flaming fires. Um, in a story this week, uh, <coughs> we had a guy, uh, guy uh, ring me up on Skype from uh, Florida. And um, it, it was really interesting, uh, Shannon, the uh, uh, prayed with a guy, nothing much happened. He said a few yawns and stuff like that. And I decided to cover um, if he'd gone into any agreements in his dreams. 
and I got him to ask God to forgive his um, oaths because you can't break an oath, by the way. Only God can break your oaths. Numbers chapter 30 is a good read on that. The husband can break the oaths of the wife. It's a type and shadow of the church, I believe. So you can't say, I break my oath. You can't say, I break anything. You have to say, God, you break it. I give it to you. You break it for me. The minute we did that, this voice comes up and uh, clear as a bell and uh, to his surprise. And um, the interesting thing about this spirit was that it, it was saying the guy was rich but can't be rich. It was taking all his money. It admitted he was rich. It said, he's rich, he's rich. He can't be rich, he can't be rich, he can't be rich. Now, the minute I had enough of that spirit, the minute I commanded it to be nailed and crucified, it came out. It burned up and came right out. He's gone. It's left, it's left, it's left. And I feel completely different. All the aches and pains have gone out of my body. So um, deliverance is really, I believe, judgment happening uh, on um, on the uh, on the demons. God says in another place to jo uh, to Joshua, uh, the Israel, uh, when you come in the promised land, don't say it's your righteousness. I'm delivering you the land, and they're being kicked out because of their unrighteousness, and it's the demons being judged. So we have to make sure that we are on the side of the crucifixion and not on the side of the crucifiers. So um, let me have a look here. Once we're covered in the uh, righteousness of Jesus and sitting on his side of the table in him, judgment doesn't see us. It's a bit like uh, an army soldier calling in an airstrike. Uh, once he's in the bunker and he's safe uh, and the planes know his position, they can drop the bombs on the enemy, even can be up the road from him very close. So uh, to do deliverance, there are two positions. One is the redeemed and the purchased. The other one is the, um, the crucified. And the other one is the crucifier. So we pray we, we pray to be redeemed, make sure that we're not connected by our oaths or our actions to, uh, to the devil, because if we are, we'll be sitting there under judgment, and it's righteousness that puts us out of the way of the judgment and lets the deliverance happen. So Romans 6.3, know you not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. When we've died and been risen with Jesus, we're on that and in that side of the table. So you are not cursed. When you're dead, all the family line curses have died with you. They have to. You, you, can't, um, you can't be carrying curses through the death and resurrection. They die at that point. But... The spirits, familiar spirits in the family line, still pursue and can still be there as Joshua was given the promises but had to cast out the spirits um, or the giants in the promised land. 
so um, how we do it, uh, we pray like this. Dear God, please forgive us all our trespasses. Please set up a table in the presence of our enemies. And then we start speaking to the demons. You, we summon you to sit at this table. We call you to pay. You pay now for the death of Jesus. You pay for the blood of Jesus. You be crucified. We order the stripes on you of the cross. We order the bitter gall. You drink it. We order the crown of thorns on you. We order the nails to nail you. You be nailed now. You die, you demon. You separate. You come out. We burn you. We call the spirit of burning to come on you. That's using binding and loosening. We call the spirit of God's judgment to come and pursue you. Today is your judgment day. You die, you demon, and you come out now. So <laughs> I hope that's, right. that's helpful. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want those demons <laughs> to die and come out right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Hey, the good part about that uh, deliverance was I was able to put it on the radio, uh, on the Skype, and I put the speaker on, and everyone in the house heard it. <laughs> and, and a few eyebrows went up, I tell you. <laughs> a few demons came out, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Those demons have to really obey. come out of that guy, and um, I was surprised how easy they came out. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we're going to have a fight here. But if you're just one... joining us, we're live with Peter Whiffen from the Gold Coast of Australia. This is an awesome teaching, and uh, if mm. you uh, if you need prayer today, we have open lines. Uh, Peter, I'm on your time uh, clock today. What do you got available? Okay. I'm all right. I'm. Uh, it's nine forty-four here. It's uh, Saturday. And uh, we, we're just sitting here today. We've got uh, um, I, we've got up to another hour. I'll take you for all the time you got. But you tell me what you can do. Um, <laughs> you know, I can do it. I can you have, do it. You Look, have time we can, to have, a, we can so, have a fireside chit-chat. We can pray for people. Ah, awesome. We can, uh, we can talk about anything we want. Uh, we can answer questions. People want to ring up with any questions they got about anything. Let's go um, for it. Everybody, yeah. welcome today. If you want to call in, we've got open line time beginning right now. At area code 347, let's see, that's going to be 215-9677. 347-215-9677. We're on channel 3. If you dial in, just make sure you press option 1. If you're uh, tuning in and you're tuning in from outside the USA, we can patch you in anywhere. Just give me your phone number, tell me where you're at, and we'll bring you in. We'll get you on the line. We'll get Brother Peter to pray with you. You need uh, deliverance, healing. You got a prayer request. We're here for you today. Now, Peter, before we continue, uh, you mm-hmm. have a great website and you have some teaching over there. Tell people about your website and some of the articles you've got posted up there already. I got um, deliverances at the table. Um, is um, called hiskingdomstable.com, and there's a downloaded uh, download uh, PDF there, and uh, it's got uh, all about. Um, the, uh, the table being the central uh, focus for deliverance, and uh, it's free. Uh, don't sell anything. So uh, there, that's nothing to sell there. It's free. And um, oh, that's had thousands of downloads, and uh, there's been testimonies come back of people that are um, uh, have been helped by that booklet. So, um, I, you know, uh, it's very, very interesting, the communion. So that's there at that website. 
And I've got namesamplificationbible.com, which is about my uh, project, the project that I was doing on the uh, names uh, in the Bible being uh, amplified. And uh, God says uh, in Ephesians that he named everyone. So uh, all the families of the earth are named by God, and they're named for a reason. For instance, Abram means exalted father. But Abraham means father of multitude. So there's a reason the name's changed, because it lines up with the message God's trying to give to us through the lives of people. And uh, we can talk about how to read the Bible in a, in a, in a way that uh, you can see why all those things happened in the Old Testament and that it's there for a reason and not just uh, stories. And um, it's there actually to show us the things we can't see. <laughs> and you wrote... Uh Bible called the, you took the King James Bible and uh, mm. created what's called the Names Amplification Bible. Is that right? That's right. So we'll, uh, I want you to give some information on that out too tonight for people tuning in. And again, if you're just tuning in, we've got the next hour with Peter Whiffen. I made some extra time so we could get uh, him on the phone lines if you'd like to call in. He's standing by available. If you want to dial in right now, don't hesitate. We've got no one in the queue, so this is your opportunity. Maybe you've called him before. Yes. That's okay, Brother Peter. Yeah, no, that's great. And look, if anyone wants a copy of the Bible, uh, like I was giving out yesterday, uh, it's free on PDF. And um, if you want to donate to uh, Amiga Man Radio, that'd be good. But if you don't, it doesn't matter. I'll still send it to you. Um, the that's King James deal. Bible has 14,565 unique words. <laughs> um of these, 2,600, 17% of the words are names. Now, what dawned on me was, you, it's very hard to um, understand what God's trying to show in the Bible if you don't know the meaning of the names. Because most of them look like Chinese to me. <laughs> you know, some of those names in there you can't even pronounce. So, Jesus knew the meaning of the names, and so did Paul. And... Um, the Apostle Paul. So uh, I had a look and I started trying to look them up, but I quickly realized that there's so many names on some of the pages that you were, you were there all day trying to look them up, and you can't follow your your thoughts uh, while you're trying to look names up. So I thought, wouldn't it be nice if, if the meaning of the names was there so we got some, some um, light on the subject? And uh, I started with the, uh, the book of uh, Joshua, uh, because I was interested, because Joshua's name means God is salvation. Yahweh is salvation. So you got salvation walking in the promised land. Now, if that to a Christian isn't of interest, then you know there's not much hope. So that's showing you how to walk in the promises of God. See, Shannon, it dawned on me a couple of things. In Joshua, you can see there's the promise... And then there's possession of the promise. So just because you hold a Bible and it's full of promises doesn't mean you got those promises. Yes, they're there, but have you possessed them? See, Joshua had given by God the promised land to him. God gave it to him, but it was full of giants. <laughs> he had to go and uh, take possession, didn't he? He sure did. Yeah. So the... So the church has got to have the firepower to take the possession. 
and that's our problem. And that's our problem. Do See, we have the fire? You, hmm? No, uh, you go. You continue on. Yeah, no, 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 go question. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, do we have the firepower available to us to acquire? Yes, we do. I mean, the promise—the promise is that we'll have that, but we have to wait in Jerusalem for it. God held up the whole gospel for for fifty days to to serve a point. He locked them up in one room. What do you think they were doing in that time? Talking about everything they'd seen and heard. They had nothing else to do. They were there all together, and they were to. They were looking into what had happened, I bet. And when the spirit fell, it was dramatic, wasn't it? You know, they were uh, hit with power and fire. And that birthed the, uh, that birthed the, uh, the fight. Now, the question is, have we done that in our life? Because that's an example to follow. And... Um, it's the uh, it's the learning and knowing and the praying and your own deliverance that'll get you the power. Um, a lot of people say, "Why don't people get delivered?" Uh, you know, I started blaming myself because and Jesus said to the disciples, um, "It's your unbelief." You can't cast the devil out of the boy. But he said another interesting thing, which you never heard talked about. He also told them they were perverse, which meant they needed their own deliverance. So as we, um, as we go along, if we get our own deliverances going, we can, uh, we can get in a, in a state where there is the fire and the power more. And uh, there's not one of us here, none of us have enough firepower. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I wish I had more. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I give interesting testimony, though, uh, on the head coverings, too. Um, <laughs> Paul said power, didn't he? A woman should have power on her head. And, and you know, I was thinking about that. And I thought, wait a minute. Paul prayed for hankies, didn't he? And uh, they took the hankies to the sick and they got healed, didn't they? And the demons came out. And so I tried it. I got a lady in uh, Hong Kong, 15 years mental illness. And uh, I prayed for a scarf for, a, to, for fire and power to go on the scarf. And um, she had a history. She couldn't sleep all the time. Now she says she puts that scarf on and she sleeps. Really? And, yeah. And and she's saying I saved her life. <laughs> God did it. But, I mean, she's saying that's really helped. So what I believe is is that um, uh, in um, with a couple, uh, uh, a couple of people, a married couple, if the if they pray over the over the scarf for the fire and power of God to come on the scarf, it's a sharing of the fire and power in the one. The two become one. And it's a connection of the two becoming one. And the two people, the man and the wife, will be empowered to cast out 10,000. That's a mul uh, force multiplier, isn't it? 
Yeah, and it's done by the it's done by the connection of the of the scarf and the and the order that God wants. Amazing, eh? So <laughs> the devil's had a good job on saying, oh, it's putting down women and all of that sort of stuff. And we don't want to get into a head covering discussion, but um, it's just another take on it um, that you can, you can empower someone. Absolutely. No, it means more power for the ladies out there. Yeah, because and protection. And protection, amen? Because of the angels. What angels? Fallen angels. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because fallen angels want women. They, they, they've always wanted women. It says the corruption came into the world through lust. And it's not the lust of men. In, in particular, it was the lust of the fallen angels, wasn't it? It sure was. Talk a little bit more um, about, about the, uh, the issue of the covering. And um, did the Lord reveal something to you about um, the ability to um, nullify a oral contract? Yes. The, the men? Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. The um, look. Um, listen. The Queen Sheba's name means oath. Sevenfold oath. There's seven candlesticks on the menorah. There's a lot of sevens. Seven days. Seven abominations. Mary Magdalene had seven demons cast out, and it was a big deal. I, I believe there were actually seven strong men. That's why it was a big deal. But um, her name means sevenfold oath, and she was the first one delivered in the Bible. So um, it says oaths bind. You bind yourself with an oath. Kids know it. Dad, you promised. That's right. <laughs> if your kid's got yeah, if a kid's got you in a promise, you're on the ropes. You're going to Disneyland, whether you feel like it today or not. You <laughs> promised. <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah, you're bound. They know the strength of that bondage. They know that that's a law that binds us. They'll harangue and, you. Uh, They'll say, come on, right? say yes. Say yes. They'll do it like ten times. Come on, say yes. They yeah, know if you say you, yes. pumping you for, for an oath. Right? <laughs> yeah. Once they got that oath, they bank it. <laughs> hey, they know they got they. You got to you, you can be held to it. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. And that's why they pestle us so hard. How come kids know to do that? Where'd they learn that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, where'd they learn that? But talk. And, you uh, know, as as a parent, you can't get out of that. Hmm. Is <laughs> Every it, parent will tell you you can't get out of that. It says it's better not to make a vow. To God than to make one and break it. Uh, what did yeah. you find out researching vows? Okay, you can go to um, a whole, you know, when there's a whole book of the Bible or a whole passage, uh, your chapter, when there's a whole chapter devoted to something, uh, that's important. So you've got Numbers chapter 30. It talks about um, a man and a woman um the, the husband can disallow the vows of the wife and the daughter. Not the son, by the, by the way. Not the son. The wife and the daughter. It doesn't speak about boys or men. And it doesn't say the wife can disallow the vow of 
her husband. <laughs> it, it says when the husband hears it, in the day he hears it, he can forgive it. It's called forgiveness. Forgive the vow. Which means if she comes home with a new TV set on the, on the credit card, he can take it back. Now, the women go, oh, I don't like that. It's not about that. Marriage is a type and shadow of the gospel. The husband is a living, it's so that people can live and feel and breathe the gospel in a living, feeling way, not just a academic way. So um, <laughs> he, uh, he can disallow her vows. Now, that tells me that God can disallow ours. See, when you are a king, what the king says goes. And if the king says something wrong, it still goes. I can prove it from the scripture. Joshua made a deal. You know with those people who had the mouldy bread and the, and the sandals? Remember that story? They, they came in and said they were from a far land. Do a league with us. Make a contract. And they weren't from a far land. They lied. Three days later, Joshua finds out they lied. Did that disannul the contract? No. All the way forward, even to King Saul, actually, a lot of men died because uh, King Saul, I think, this uh, King Saul uh, went against that contract. So the word of a king stands. You can't get out of it. God says, you make a vow, that's it. So that that's a problem that's a problem what is a vow you can get a vow forgiven by the way but if you make a vow that's it there's only one way you can get out of a vow and that's for the husband to disallow it on the day he hears it which means you have to pray it and that's the day he hears it so you can't say I break my oath I break my vows you can't you have to say God I hand you all my vows I trust you with all of them and break the ones that are hurting me. And he does. We've had people get deliverance that way, Shannon. <laughs> That's amazing. What type of and vows you know, had they made that they needed broken, for example? Okay. Um, what is a vow? A, a vow is a promise, isn't it? Yes. If you take it to the core root, it's a promise. Uh, a contract, a, a agreement. You're agreeing to do um, something. Yeah, you're making an agreement. Um, how do we – If uh, Romans chapter 1 is a really good verse in, um, in order to try and understand stuff. It says the natural world, even in our bodies and how everything happens naturally, shows the unseen world. You can clearly see the things of God by what happens naturally. So let's have a look at how you, how you do contracts. In law, there's two ways to do contracts, right? One's called uh, express contract and one's called implied uh, in life you can sign a contract right and you can verbally promise a contract and you can imply a contract if you uh, sit down at a restaurant and order a meal have you signed a paper saying you're going to pay no but it's implied that you if you eat and you order it you order it, you're, you're going to eat it, and you're going you're to pay, pay for it, right? You're going to pay, yeah. So the devil works mainly in that area. He gets you to sit down and eat. 
That's right. You don't go to a restaurant and order a meal, and then they cook it and bring it out, and you say, no, I've changed my mind. No, you're going to have to pay for that, whether you eat it or not, because it's implied, yeah, right? You made a contract with them. It's binding. Yes. It's So you can bind yourself with your actions. Um, bring a cursed object home. Oh. That's a contract. See, uh, contracts are made by offers and acceptance, aren't they? The meeting of the minds, um, an offer and acceptance. So uh, the offer is a Buddha statue and the acceptance is I've got it at home on my mantelpiece. Done deal. You're now sitting at the table on the wrong side of the table. <laughs> yeah. And if you die, you die in your sins, the devil doesn't have to pay for them. This is why the devil is working so hard. He's scapegoating humankind. Just as we can pass our sin to Jesus, we can actually accept the sin of others. I can prove it from the scripture. The whole chapter of Ezekiel, chapter 13, says, uh, we, well, we could read it, yes, um, but it's that. very, very, very important. Um, and this brings up the subject of scapegoating. <laughs> scapegoating. Uh, touch Scape on scapegoating. What does that mean? It's not skateboarding. It's scapegoating, and it's, oh, man, it's very dangerous. With an offer and acceptance, you can actually take the sins of others on board. Uh-oh. Ouch. You mean, that's why Ouch. it says don't um, don't shake hands? Don't lay hands suddenly. Don't shake hands. That's what it's talking about. Don't do deals and partake in the sins of others. Right. It's not the laying on of hands. It's the shake hands. Don't co-sign for somebody? That's it. Don't guarantee. Be a guarantor. <laughs> but if you come under the target of witchcraft, okay, come under the target of witchcraft, you'll be scapegoated. What, oh. does, the, what does the Satanists have in the middle of their star? They've got a goat's head. Powerful man. Yeah, you're, you're the goat. Or go to Mendez, whatever you call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why is it there? That's a good question. You are that goat. Uh-oh. Yeah, you're the goat. The goat is a counterfeit of the lamb? Or it's not? Satan. Uh, it's Satan. And you're going to take his place. God's going to divide the sheep from the goats? Yes. It's a good study. Man, bring see, atonement is done with two goats, not one sacrifice, two sacrifices. See, there's a law. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And iniquity must be paid for. Okay, we say Jesus paid for it. But God says, I will still visit the iniquity to the third and fourth generation. I'll forgive, but I will not give up on the iniquity, which is the written order. You know, we got sin, we got iniquity, we got transgression. Iniquity, oh, iniquity, as I said, like this. And, and, and these things are important for people to know. Okay, let's have a look at it. I go and park my car downtown. I sign a contract, really, by parking my car there. And... Um, but I've parked it in a uh, – uh, the meter's run out. Now I'm in transgression. Um, 
I know the meat is run out. Now I'm in sin. <laughs> um, the parking officer writes me a ticket. That's the iniquity. And the fine is the judgment. Now, I can get someone else to pay that ticket. That's scapegoating. Jesus, by approval, said to the Father, not my will, but your will. By agreement, he took the sin of the world. And by your agreement, you can take the sin of others. As he is in this world, so are we. And this is the trick of the devil. You know, we had a case, uh, I had a case emailed to me, we talked about scapegoating once before. And um, I had an email sent to me, this girl could not get delivered. And she was being scapegoated from a movie. She'd had an agreement with that movie. When they confessed it and asked for the sin of that movie to go back to the rightful owners, she got delivered. Amazing. Um, what, what was the mechanism by which she was scapegoated to that movie? Because she She'd watched owned, it? owned the movie in her heart. Okay. Yeah, somehow she must have said something or watched it over and over or just owned that movie as a DVD or something. It was Edward Scissorhands, by the way. Uh-oh. Really? Yeah. So, um, so uh, you know, um, yeah, I've got it here. I'll just have a look at it up here in uh, Ezekiel. Uh, okay, it's here... Um, Wherefore thus said the Lord God, Behold, I'm against your pillow. Uh, this is Ezekiel uh, 13, by the way, verse 20. Wherefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against your pillows where you hunt the souls to make them fly. And I'll tear them from your arms and will let the souls go, even the souls that you hunt to make them fly. Your kerchiefs I'll also tear and deliver my people out of your hand. This is Christians. And they shall be no more in your hand to be hunted. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad, and whom I have not made sad, and strengthened the hands of the wicked, that he should not return from his wicked way, by promise him life. There, um, this is, um, therefore ye shall see no more vanity, nor divine divinations, divine divinations, for I will deliver my people out of your hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Now, in another place it says that people die who should not die, and people live who should not live. Um, oh, yes. You go up to verse 17. Uh, verse 18. And thus says the Lord God, Woe to the woman that sow pillows to all armholes and to make chiefs upon the head of every statue to hunt souls. You will hunt the souls of my people, and, ye, and, and will ye save the souls alive that come unto you? And will ye pollute me among the people for handfuls of barley and pieces of bread to slay the souls that should die and to save the souls alive that should not live. There's an exchange going on, a scapegoating going on there for money. Hmm. That is you amazing. Know, yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a matter of coming into agreement with something? Yeah. And the, the whole idea of deception is deception. If you know you're deceived, you're not deceived anymore. So you don't know you're deceived. Uh, when you are deceived, you don't know. So, for instance, someone goes to see a fortune teller. Initiation. You're now hunted. 
and you are going to receive, could possibly, their sin, and they're going to receive your wealth. Amazing. Okay. Uh, it wasn't a sin to drive down the street and you see the fortune teller there in the corner. No. But it was a sin it, when you pulled into the parking lot and you went in there and said, I'm here to have you read my future. Yeah, and when you gave him money, he really? now got a deal. You shook hands. Okay. A contract. All right. Yeah. Wow. Now, you can buy a cursed object and do the same thing. You can eat a meal with someone and do the same thing. You can knock the boots with somebody. Do the same thing. And now you've got their demons, they've got yours, and you've got a, a, a bridge between your souls now. This is how, this is how great men are taken down because there's an exchange. It's a scapegoat. Well, it says it will lead you to a piece of bread. That's they right. They will seek the precious life and leave you with a piece of bread. Uh, talk about, um, I want you to continue on this subject, but uh, I'm thinking of another contract. What about a going to a tattoo parlor to get a tattoo? Is that a That's good a contract, idea? isn't it? You walked into isn't a it, place one isn't time. Isn't it a with, label on you? You put a skull on your arm? <laughs> Tell me about the story where you saw some people in a store with tattoos. Remember the one? <laughs> it was a funny one, eh? You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember it. It was pretty dramatic. Uh, the uh, We're in this queue like at Walmart, but it's called Bunnings here. And it was a long queue, so I had nothing to do. And the uh, people in front of me were standing there, and the, uh, the, the guy had this huge tattoo on and a singlet, so you could sort of see it. And uh, I just tapped him on the shoulder and said, you know, can I ask you uh, how much did that cost? And uh, he said, nothing, uh, my girlfriend here, she's a tattoo artist. And I looked at her, and oh, my goodness, she had tattoos all over herself. And um, I said, oh, um, did you know that when you got that tattoo, you got something else too that came with it? Uh oh And he looked at me. <laughs> he looked at me. And I said, um, that's a blood covenant, and you mark yourself now, and you got a demon with that. Because I tell people when I witness, I'm an exorcist. And they go, what? That's right. And, and I said, and then I perceived, for some reason, I perceived um, they had, uh, the things were squirming around their bellies. <laughs> wow. So I said, um, it's squirming around in your belly, isn't it? <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they both started holding their bellies. And he said to me, well, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Will you shut up? And they move queue. So um, uh, we finish buying our stuff, and I go to the car park, and they're outside their car still holding their bellies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> These things were just like stirred. Because it's a blood but, sacrifice? It's also yeah, you're it's coming, a mark. It's a mark. Ah, you're coming in agreement with the mark. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a contract signed in blood. You know, it's interesting that when the mark of the beast takes place. That's right. You can. It's an agreement. Be damned by taking the name, the number, or mm. the mark. That's it. It's an agreement. So, um, you know, we get a lot of people we're trying to uh, do deliverance with, but they might have agreements we haven't handled. And they don't get delivered because the agreements stand. How often has people uh, given testimonies? Oh, they went home, got rid of the cursed object, then got their deliverance that's that's just they got rid of the agreement because leaving that in your house is a decision that you make it's an and, agreement it's an agreement for the demons to continue to have rule and reign over that house 
and yeah, do the and you thing. can't sit at the table. You can't sit at the table. Elaborate on that. You you can't sit there and be protected. You have to take your place on Satan's side of the table. We can't eat at the table of the Lord and the table of devils simultaneously, can we? We can't. It's got to be one or the other, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just our agreement. Our agreement has to be for God and be the crucified and agree to be the crucified. That's to take up your cross. Jesus gave us a cross to be crucified on with him. He died. And our cross, I believe, is to crucify the devil in our life on it. <laughs> That's what it's for. When we confess, take up, yeah, ahead. take up the power of judgment on the devil and follow me. Wow. Yeah. It's not what we assume. You know, us Christians, we assume too many things. We just jump and assume and parrot and traditionalize too much stuff. If you're tuning in right now, we're live. We've got another 45 minutes on the clock. We're here with um, Deliverance Minister Peter Whiffen from Gold Coast of Australia. We have wide open lines. If you want to call and you got a question or comment tonight, you need prayer, you need deliverance, call and we're waiting for you at 347-215-9677 or give me your phone number and we'll patch you in and get you on the line with Brother Peter. So the scapegoating, back to this... Um, the 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 goat's head and that pentagram yeah, yeah. that's worldwide well, I, recognizable as the, the you know it's satan's symbol isn't it yes as the goat because he is the goat and he's going to put you inside that star you know what that star is what it's the mixing of the seed what it's two tri- triangles Spirit, souls, and bodies mixing. Interesting. It signifies the mixing of the seed. God's going to separate the sheep from the goats, right? Mm. And you know, um, from the fall, the corruption that came in the world, it can't be healed. It's got to be recreated, done again. You know, you purify water by boiling it, don't you? Yes. It leaves the pot, and then it comes back down pure. So you 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 can't none of the, our animals, the animals, the humans, the world itself cannot be fixed. It has to be die and be born again. Speaking of fire, fire purifies, doesn't it? Yes. And it says God you know, is an all-consuming yeah. fire. Yeah. So, you know, I was fortunate. I lived up the road from a foundry, yes. uh, my grandmother, a, uh, a brass metal foundry. And uh, as kids, we used to go there and watch them, you know, melt the metal. And uh, you'd hear this, you know, and uh, the fire going and the pot of metal and they'd get the tongs and pull the metal out and he'd get a scraper and he'd scrape the top of the metal, which was black, and then when he scraped it, you could see the beautiful color of the metal. The dirt rose to the top because of the fire. So if someone dies and goes to hell, they have rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Yeah, they're, the, they're not 
they're not saved so much. From, they are saved from the fall, but they are more saved. The salvation, uh, their their judgment is the cross. So, in other words, they end up going to the lake of fire. They'll be their sin is going to be purified for eternity in the fiery flames. Yes. Except you'll escape. <laughs> yeah, perfect. People have to understand that perfect judgment is eye for eye, isn't it? If if you add or take away from that, it's not perfect. Who says what you can add and what you can take away? So eye for eye is perfect. So the eternal judgment is for killing the eternal son. So we either let Jesus pay for our sins on the cross, or we've got to pay for our own sins forever in the lake of fire. Yeah, and we'll pay for the sins of the world for putting Jesus on the cross. Because he would not have had to go on the cross to begin with if it had not been for the sin of the world. That's right. So the world's to blame. Okay, yes it is. Now, uh, let me ask you this. What mm -hmm. about making demons holding demons accountable. They're accountable because, see, they were in the people <coughs> crucifying Jesus. Satan entered Judas, didn't he? Right. So he's blamed for the betrayal with Judas, so, isn't he? Yes. So you came up with uh, some information regarding um, the cross and demons. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, that they have to be crucified. No, that, the demons that um, make making them pay, making them pay for putting Jesus on the cross. Yes, actually, I believe it was demons yelling out through the people, "Let his blood be on our head." Because uh, the week before it was uh, Palm Sunday, and they're all yelling out Hosanna. Next week they're manifesting, saying, "Crucify him." Didn't it say also that they gnashed at him with their teeth on the cross and he was talking like yeah. the bulls? Mm. Uh, and Jesus said and Jesus says it wasn't them. Do you think that people were literally biting Jesus when he was on the cross? Could have been. Could have been. They could have been poking him, biting him, molesting him, all sorts of stuff. It wouldn't have been pretty nice because you know what I believe happened? God took away his hand of restraint and let Satan have the people for a minute. And uh, when Jesus got whipped, he got whipped with demonized men. Imagine that. Torturers and is what they were. Tortured. They, they, they had no mercy, and it was actually Satan ruling in the hearts of men that, that did all that. And Jesus said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, so it wasn't them. But the world is still guilty for the cross because it's for the sin of the world he went there. Hmm. That's right. Somebody had to die. Someone had to die. And Jesus said it was the devils doing it. He said the people didn't know what they were doing. Who did it? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And at another place it says that the princesses of this world, had they have known, would not have crucified the Lord of glory, right? Right. So it was the devil who crucified Jesus. But he got crucified for the sins of the world, so it is the world's fault too. And that's why, if you don't believe, you remain condemned. Everyone is condemned from the cross. And it's a two-edged sword. One of the edges is judgment, and the other edge is salvation. 
They're not the same edge, unless it be a one-edged sword. So if you, um, if you embrace the cross, there's, there's forgiveness and salvation. If you reject the cross, it's judgment. There's no excuse. That's, no, no way out. No way out. It says, um, through the transgression of one man, sin come upon all the world and all became sinners. Not because of you, because of one man, sin. It was his fault. But it came on all men. And just like that, God is perfect justice. Through one man, many will be justified. And it's not your righteousness. If you try and sit at the table of God with your righteousness, you'll get toasted. That's right. Because God says our righteousness is filthy and no one is good enough. And through the law, no one will be justified. You can't be. The law, you know what the law is for? You know why the law, uh, Jesus said nothing's going to be dropped from the law? Why? <laughs> the, law, the law is to judge Satan. It says not one jot nor one tittle shall any wise pass from the law until all these things be fulfilled. They haven't been yeah. fulfilled yet. No. And the law is to judge Satan. You know how I can tell? How? The snakes are locked in the ark of the covenant with the law. What do you mean? Tell me more. Um, what's in the ark of the covenant? We got Aaron's rod. That's right. What else? Um, okay, we're supposed to have the Ten Commandments. Yeah, Ten Commandments. And what else? Of, uh, was it manna or showbread? Uh, yeah, the, the manna. The manna. The manna. Okay. Jesus said he is the manna. But he, he, his body became a curse. The, we get to that. But the thing is, is that inside Aaron's rod, there were the snakes. That's the rod that uh, Moses told him to throw down when the yeah. challenge came up with those um, magicians? That the magicians. The Pharaoh? Yeah, the god of this world's magicians. All the witchcraft was eaten by, Adam, uh, by Aaron's rod. It did. It swallowed up the other snakes, didn't it? It did. So it's boxed away in the box, together with the law. And it's got to, it's got to, uh, it's got to eat the curse. Well, what? Uh, how does that tie in with also, where if anybody was bitten by snakes in the desert, they had but to look at the um, the, the rod of Moses. Yeah. To be healed. Okay. For for starters, they're fiery serpents. Fiery serpents. What do you think these were? See, that that what do you think that's a sh uh, type and shadow of? It's not Jesus. No. <laughs> eh? Fiery serpent. Uh, who, Sounds like demons. Fiery serpent. That's a demon. That's a burning demon. Wow. And that burning demon is being crucified. Moses is lifting it up, and when you looked on that, you got healed. What do you what do you think that message says? Judgment's going to heal you. Wow. Judgment on the burning serpent. <laughs> is deliverance at the cross? Deliverance is at the cross. And Satan's doing everything in his power to get people away from the cross as we know. You, look, when you sit down, when you sit down at the Lord's table, I believe this happens. Here's the bread, here's the wine. Satan's sitting the other side. We're eating it, and someone's got to pay for the meal. And that's the devil. It says uh, he prepares the table for, 
before me in the presence of my enemies. What does yeah. that mean? Well, what does it mean? Uh, wh why would a table have anything to do with enemies? And it's a table where he says that you are to um, uh, – I've been given a kingdom and I give it to you that you may eat and sit at my table in my kingdom and judge the 12 tribes of Israel. What is judge the 12 tribes of Israel? I believe because of the uh, 12 loaves of bread in Leviticus that the 12 tribes of Israel received the inheritance. They received the inheritance of God. Jesus was the only righteous one that could harvest that inheritance. And he broke it in his body for us all to eat. So judging the 12 tribes of Israel is judging what to use and what to eat at the table. It's discerning your deliverance. How about that? I like this. This is deep and I like it. There's, you know, um, uh, going into the promised land, a couple of tribes already had their blessing on the other side of the Jordan. Ephraim and Manasseh. They did. And God said to them, even though you got your blessing, go and help your brothers. So um, they hadn't even crossed. You know, in the meaning of the names on the crossing of the Jordan, you can say in the meaning of the names, behold, a son walks across the descender, parting it between Adam and his distress. <laughs> so um, we, we've got uh, halfway through the book of Joshua, half the tribes of Israel hadn't even got their inheritance. And Joshua said, you slack, get up the mountain and get it. The... The River Jordan was almost like a gulf, wasn't it, between between heaven mm. and hell? <laughs> the River Jordan represents Satan's kingdom. It so, ends oh. in the Dead Sea. Ah, I like that so, even better. Yeah, it ends in the Dead Sea, and it says that the River Jordan overflows its banks at the time of harvest. Okay, so back up with that definition again of the River Jordan. What does it represent? It represents Satan's kingdom... Terminating in the Dead Sea. Terminating in the Dead Sea. So mm. to pass from Satan Kingdom over to God's side, you had to pass the River Jordan to get into the Promised Land? Yeah, from the desert, and it's called the Wilderness of Sin. There's a physical place called the Wilderness of Sin, isn't there? Right now the in Israel. Sinai means sin. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, see, they were walking in the Wilderness of Sin. And God was looking after them all the time they were there, but they only had uh, they only had the clothing were out and they they were provided for. But the milk and honey was on the other side. But the problem was the giants were there. Man, God is deep on many levels, isn't he? He is. And I'll tell you something. The walk in walk of Joshua in the promised land is a good study and you need to study it with the names Bible and I'm not pumping my Bible. But if you want one, you can have one because the names show the, the places, the meanings of the 31 kings that had to be uh, overcome. And one of their names means I've been bewitched. Which one of them was bewitched? Oh, I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Amazing. One of, them, one of them names means I've been bewitched. Uh, there's a cave, you know, the cave where the five kings went. 
Yes. It's a, a cave called the Cave of the Shepherds. These were the five kings that were captured by Joshua. Yeah. And uh, he put them in the uh, the cave. They ran they, in the cave on their own. Yeah. And he put rocks over the entry. And sealed them in there until he could come back and deal with them, right? Yeah. So who is the rock? Jesus Christ. That's right. And I'll tell you something else you get from it. Um, Gilgal. Gilgal means a stone rolling or a wheel rolling. Yep. The stone rolled away, the resurrection, and they rested there. Regrouped their camp there and rested there. And anybody that's having troubles with their with their walk, rest in the resurrection. Meditate that Jesus is alive, he was raised from the dead, and you'll get refreshed. That's what I got from it. Man, that is beautiful. That's profound right there. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you something It's encouraging, else. eh? That is real encouraging. You know, with regard to that cave and the five kings, you can also yes. use that as a basis for caging up demons. That's that's a scriptural reference for caging up demons for sure. People say, honey, where do you now, get that from? Because right there. Continue on, Peter. Yeah. So the name of those kings, <laughs> one of them's names means invincible. Really? So if you've got problems you can't solve and you're not getting breakthrough, that, that demon called invincible needs to be uh, caged. Invincible. Folks, are y'all taking notes out there? You know, uh, you mentioned a verse earlier. I think it's Psalm 149. Mm -hmm. To bind their kings with fetters and their noblemen with chains. That's correct. That honor have all the saints. Mm. It's not talking about going and arresting the king of England. These are no. demonic entities, aren't they? They're demonic kings and entities, and uh, there's a kingdom. Folks, See, the corruption came in the world through lust. Okay. Why do you think um, – we can talk about this because this is really good. Tell me. What, what, why did God say to Eve, you'll have trouble in childbirth and sorrow? Good question. Yeah. I know why. What do you think the Eve apple – was there something yeah, of a I'll sexual you, nature I, going on? Uh, no, I'll tell you why. What Most happened? mothers – I've had four children okay. – are joyful with the birth. Okay, it's painful, but they're not giving birth in sorrow – they're so joyful after the birth. Right. And Right. And they are having pain, yes. But I'll tell you something. You get pregnant with a giant and see how much fun you have. <laughs> mm? Yeah? You get, you're going to die because that baby is going to grow so big you'll burst. Any of you ladies want to be impregnated by a giant out there? <laughs> you might want to put that head covering on. Yeah. Or something else covered. <laughs> right? That'll teach you to dress properly, but the thing is, is that um, <laughs> the, the the thing is, is that um, God was showing Eve there's going to be a corrupt seed and it's going to be big babies. Whoa! Hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, as we know, and some of the uh, some of the writings say even the people were very big, like tall, like hundreds of feet tall, the titans. And it does say in some of the writings that the women burst open to have those babies. Well, they'd have to. Mm, they'd have to. So they weren't big enough for the baby. The baby grew and burst them and they died. And that's what you call sorrow. Sounds like that movie Alien. You remember the Alien it's, one? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Eating you know, breakfast? the alien comes out of the belly. 
just like that, they came out destroying the mother. Moab means what father, what parents. They were orphans, these things, because the angels weren't there. They impregnated the lady, and the lady died. Let me ask you something. Do you think the um, when it talked about Adam and Eve took a bite of that apple, mm-hmm. do you think it was a literal apple, or do you think that was a um, a reference to some other thing that they did that opened their eyes to the knowledge of good and evil? Okay, I think it was a literal fruit. Okay, and by, and by sitting at the restaurant eating the meal, they signed a contract. They Say opened that again. the door by sitting down at the meal, eating the apple. They signed a contract to pay. Wow. And all it's about there is God gave the whole world to man, to Adam and Eve, and he and he said, "Don't let evil into this world. You can do anything you like. Just don't open the door for the evil." And by eating from the tree, they opened the door for the evil. And you know how Eve made the mistake? And you've got to watch this today. She added to what God said. Tell me, how did she do that? The Satan said to her, did not God say you could eat from the tree? And she said, God said, don't eat from the tree and don't even touch it. That was the mistake. In another place it says she picked it first and then she ate it now she was expecting to die the satan said you won't die and i bet you the snake touched the fruit see you can touch it you don't die and she picked it and she didn't die all of a sudden god is a liar and hiding something from me i'm gonna eat this so false doctrine turns God into a liar. And the enemy that's why, that's why liars end up in the lake of fire. Wow. So what did that do? Satan said you'll your eyes will open and you'll be as God's little G. In other words, access of demons will come into the world and have access to man and nature, the whole world. But their eyes will open, and they will be demonized. When you lie, no, you are hmm? deceiving. When you lie, you are deceiving somebody. Yes. Satan is the father of lies. But you know something? You can know you're lying, or you don't know you're lying. You can be. You can be. You can be talking a lie and not know it's a lie. Propagating That's it. That's true. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to. You're like there's a couple of states you can be in. Premeditated. Uh, uh, a premeditated or an accidental. Yeah. You're you're sincerely deceived. Yeah. You can be sincerely wrong. Sincerely that's, wrong. Our, that's our fear. <laughs> you know, that's our worry. Oh, boy. And Folks. that's why I always go like this, Shannon. Have you got a scripture for that? That's the best route, isn't it? Safeguard. It's our only safeguard. I can tell you, I can tell you quite... With all my heart, after doing the Bible and seeing the meaning of the names, that Bible is from God. No man could have written it because he couldn't have got the people to live in those times and name everybody and places to get that message. 
for those just joining us, uh, explain how the name's Amplification Bible came about, what it is. It, it came about because we were having some hard problems in deliverance, and we're all learning. You know, we've all grown together, haven't we, over the years? Absolutely. And, uh, and um, it came from me. I, I wouldn't accept that we couldn't get a result. And uh, so I started thinking, it's got to be here, it's got to be here. And I started uh, getting the meanings of the names out of the book of Joshua and going, wow, look at this. And I got the cave of the shepherd and the names of the kings, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, look at this. I never seen this. <clears throat> so I did the whole book of Joshua first, and then I thought, well, why not do the whole Bible? And okay. you know, things like the milk came out. And When you say uh, you took the book of Joshua – uh, yeah. What do you mean you found names and then you went out and uh, translated them? Give me an example. <coughs> okay, well, I looked at the River Jordan. So I went on a website called theblueletterbible.com. Okay. And I got and I pulled up the uh, name Jordan. And uh, you can click a little button and it'll give you the strongs. And um, I click on that number and it gives me the meaning of the name. So what you're finding out is these names were not just um, accidental. Yeah, and 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 God made man name the river Jordan the name Jordan for a reason. So the names of locations, even people, they have significance. Yeah. They have significance. So what happened is you began to investigate. You you took the book of, you took the book of Joshua, began to look for any uh, any name, and you would go and translate it and write the meaning down using a yeah a blue letter Bible, concordance. Yeah. Out of the concordance. Okay. Now that worked for most of the names, but some of them, <laughs> some of them were just like very hard. There's there's vague meanings of them. Okay, and you then went and did this for each of the the um, each of the, each of the words in the Bible. You went through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. How long did this take you to do? Oh, man, it was like I was looking after kids and working, and um, night and day, I did the first uh, draft. It took me uh, a couple of months. Amazing. And, and that's all I did. I had red eyes. Uh, all I did was catnap and do that after work. And I was just rushing it. I was just trying to get it through. And, you know, I'm still working on it today, three years later. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my goodness. Now, what would you do with the definitions? Where did you put them? You took. You started with a... With a King James Bible? King James Bible. Um, 1611 King James Bible. Actually, the these and the thous are the color in the English language. Uh, they actually extend the English language if you study what that's about. Because I had a look at it. Explain. So, why do we have these mm -hmm. what seem to be archaic words that people mm -hmm. complain about? Um, mm -hmm. Do they mean, actually mean something, the these and thous? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, they, they, uh, they're very important, actually, in understanding English, and the devil's taken them away. Okay, use the uh, example, uh, if you've got ye and you, you've got both of those in the Word of God, right? Yeah. But who are you referring to when you say ye versus you? Ye can be plural. It's a group of people, usually, isn't it? Yeah, and you is one. Or so this actually one. tells the reader... Uh, who the speaker is talking to? Mm. Would that be and, correct? Yeah, and it just puts a uh, it just puts definition and color into the language, in which the English language needs it. It's not like the Greek, is it? 
so um, what's happened is, is the devil has taken the meaning of the names out of our vocabulary because he couldn't take the scripture out. He can't change that the River Jordan was called the River Jordan. It's in history. It's can't be changed and that's how god made the bible it can't be changed the names of the people were the names of the people and the places were the names of the places let's take the uh here's an interesting one out of the names she uh uh, genesis cain and abel adam red which means bleeding red like red eve life his wife she conceived and bare cain his name's called possession and said i've gotten a man from the lord Yahweh, the existing one. And she gave bear his brother Abel, which is breath. Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain, possession, was a tiller of the ground. Now, right there in that story, what do you got? You got someone caring for living things and someone working with the curse, the ground. So, um, who killed who? Cain killed Abel. Yeah. Possession. Demonic possession kills the spirit, kills the breath. That's right there in the story. That's man's problem. Is that an extension of what the demons do today? That's what they're doing. It's all demons. They're not under every tree. They're in every person. That's right. And they're under every tree. (laughs) Yeah, too. And behind every rock. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, in uh, Job chapter thirty, as you know, the um, uh, the very good passage about demons, they hid in the uh, in the groves, and that's why you'll see worship in the groves. And they ate juniper roots. Now, from my name's Bible, from my name's Bible, you can see uh, they ate juniper roots. You know what juniper roots means? What's a juniper root? Broomstick wood. Broomstick wood, really. Yeah, the demons fed on broomstick wood. Amazing. So this is why you've got witches connected to broomsticks. They went to the groves and connected, collected the demons in the broomstick wood and took it home. And people thought witches were making brooms, but they actually were getting the demons out of the brooms into their spells. Amazing. Amazing. So... Um, Witchcraft is that witchcraft uses roots, and they're conjuring demons from uh, from the roots. Um, you'll see in the Bible there the mandrakes, right. Rebecca, right? You know, Rebecca's name means ensnarer. <laughs> she dealt in mandrakes. They That's sure how did. the demons got into Israel. What was so, a man? Uh, what was a mandrake? Was it like a vegetable or a plant or what? A it's a root vegetable. If you look it up today on the internet, it'll scare, scare you. It looks like a little demon in the root. Holy cow. Yeah, it's like a demon. So um, if if you want to get uh, the revelations for today, uh, you need to know the meaning of the names. Seriously. There's 30, 33,000 entries in this Bible of names. Now, you can't read the Bible and not know 33,000 entries. Amazing. And and get a full revelation. You just will not get that. You won't. You know, um, uh, we talk about the names. You know what Jericho means? What does it mean? It's the Muslim god. Uh-oh. It means it's moon. Really? 
yeah, the name of Jericho means moon. And um, it's seven times round. Again, seven. A seven strong man. That's, I believe that is a preaching of the gospel. Seven, seven times round, seven thousand years creation, seven days creation, seven demons, seven deliverances. Seven. There's a big study on seven and seven spirits. You know, Elijah laid on the little boy. He sneezed seven times. There's seven demons coming out. So you've got um, Jericho means moon, and God said, don't touch anything from there, didn't he? He said, this is my stuff. You can have everything else from any other city, but don't touch that stuff. Right. And what did Achan do? He took it back and <coughs> hid it in his tent. Yeah. Now, it's very interesting because he took the gold and the silver. We know what that is and buried it in his tent, which is like burying that in your heart. You're the tent. Guess what Aiken's name means? What? Trouble. Trouble. Well, trouble. He sure was. And he was bringing judgment on the whole place. 5,000 guys died because of him for God to prove a point <clears throat> that you can't do what he done. And most of the church is doing it today. Um, he, he took something else that's interesting that points to what actually was happening. He took a garment from um, Shinar, Babylonian garment. You know what Shinar means? No. Two rivers. He was drinking from two streams. Uh-oh. He was and going to church not. on Sunday and knocking the boots on Sunday night. That's out of yeah. marriage. The world. Uh, the world and God. One foot in the world. One, One foot, foot with in God. With God. Yeah. And, you know, you can tell all those big preachers, it don't work. Uh-oh. By the way, there's a psalm that says if you give to the rich, you'll get poor. So um, It does say twice, that, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I, I think twice very hard about giving to rich ministries. There's a curse on it. Yeah, you'll go poor yourself. That's what the word says. I, mm. Folks, think about it. Mm. Be careful because the devil wants an agreement. You give to the rich, you've got an agreement. You, you give to the rich, you've got an agreement. You're, you're now being scapegoated. That's why those guys have a nice life. You think about it. What's the word they say that people have when they're having a nice life? A charmed life. Uh-oh. The world even knows it's witchcraft making their life good. There was oh, he's TV got a series. charmed life. Remember the TV series, Charmed? Yeah. People? What was it about? Witchcraft. Hmm. So one guy gets the jet and everyone else is poor. That's scapegoating. And the more people you can scapegoat, the better you go. All the rock musicians do that. Okay. Um, elaborate again on this issue of scapegoating, how the witches want to scapegoat Christians. Right. What, what they do is they do a, a, a blood sacrifice of an innocence, and this is why the babies are sacrificed. And they... Um, then scapegoat you. So you have two goats in action here, a sacrifice and a scapegoat, and that's the mechanism. And what has actually happened when they make you their scapegoat? Their sin comes on you, and your riches go to them. So they get away with everything they do, and you don't. You pay it for it. <laughs> you wonder why things are going bad. 
And how does this happen? What, what, what by happened? agreement. By coming into agreement? by agreement. You have to do what Jesus did. Not my will, but your will. Because rebellion is... To be a scapegoat, is, you must agree to be the goat. Okay, if rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, right? That's right. Rebellion to the word of God, what's that mean? That's witchcraft. Do you know the meaning of the name Mary? No. For all the Catholics out there? Rebellion. So when they say Hail Mary, they're saying Hail my rebellion. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why would God call his mum, Jesus' mum, Mary for when he names everyone? True. Why? To warn them, don't go there. That's rebellion. But what did she do? She didn't do anything. It's worshipping her and, and saying she answers your prayers is oh, rebellion. Oh, absolutely, yes. That's necromancy, isn't it? Praying to dead people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we got a lot of things out of here. Remember we talked about uh, Tamar and how uh, the guy that raped her, his name's Faithful and um, means faithful. And that's the faithful doing an unfaithful act. And that she tore up her coloured garment and blamed herself and put ash on her head and all of this. And she was told to keep quiet by a guy called the Father of Peace, Absalom. Which leads me to one of the kings in the book of um, Joshua that had to be destroyed. And you'd be surprised that kingdom and that king or that king's name is keeping of peace, teaching of peace. Jerusalem. And you the know, king of Jerusalem had to die. Oh, man. And you know what they're doing today? Peace, peace, aren't they? Oh, don't upset the gays. Don't upset this one. Don't, you know, don't upset the Muslims. We'll all get together in the name of peace. It's a demon. God have mercy. Folks, do you, are you seeing this? these revelations coming out of here? God didn't do anything by mistake. It's all with a, a purpose and a plan. We have to mind the word of God, don't we? Study yeah. To show ourselves approved. So yeah. you, uh, where did you get the King James Bible that you began with? What did you do? I downloaded it because it's in the public domain. Isn't that interesting? You know, there's no other Bible in the public domain that I know of. Mm. Uh, when I they think say, it belongs to the crown in England, though. I, I don't know exactly. Well, I, I think no, I think it's actually in the public domain. Yeah, I mean, they Is authorized it? it. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's not copyrighted, in other words. So that's right. What's interesting is all the versions that are out there, the new stuff, they're copyrighted. Yeah. You see? They own it. Yeah. And you got to get permission to use it. Yeah. You know, I did all this work and I put in a certificate and they gave me a copyright on it. Amazing. But I'm giving it away and everyone who gets it, give it away. Absolutely. Put it on your iPad, your phone, give it away. You know, if I print it, I'll have to sell it because the printing is going to cost money. I haven't got the money. Oh, well, if I had the money, I'd print it and give it away. But there's, I mean, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I mean, look, uh, anybody who wants a Bible, they know that they've got a buy, they need to buy a copy of it. That you can't expect a printer to go out and uh, print, print Bibles and give one to everyone in the world. Yeah, doesn't work that way, like, folks. The Word of God it, is free, but it costs free. to print it. My, yeah, my the point, printing I would, costs. The word's I would free, just try and costs. But the PDF's free. I can the, give that yeah. away free. It doesn't cost me anything, does it? No, the PDF's free. I would just try to make an example that isn't it interesting that all these New Age Bibles out there that they're copyrighted. Yeah. And they'll actually, nice. they'll change words, okay? 
mm. so that they can obtain a copyright. Mm. It, they can't just go, they can't copyright the King James Bible. No. But if they begin to so change they, the words, they create you know their own sad? version. It's in the bookshop. The King James rack is very small. Exactly. You know, I went down to Kurong here. Oh, my goodness. They've got one little part. It's King James Bibles. The rest of it's all these other versions. You know, Henry Groover was on the other day. Maybe you all heard him say this, that he was talking to a man who worked for a very famous uh, Bible publishing company with one of the mainstream versions. And mm -hmm. he didn't have any uh, particular credentials to do the translation he was doing. But he got to some areas where, in order to to maintain that copyright, they had to make changes. And he had a, a particular verse. He didn't particularly understand what it meant. He went over to his child. It was like, you know, a, a young kid. Hey, kid. son, what do you think this means? Oh, dad, I think it means so-and-so. Okay, that's what we'll use. And he put it in the Word. Oh, my goodness. Folks, you can't make this stuff up. This is this is what's going on out there. It's polluted. you got to be very careful what you're reading. So you started with what we know is uh, the Word of God in English. Pretty good. It's pretty good, the King James Bible. It's pretty good. And you took that, yeah. and then you began to um, mm -hmm. translate the, the names and locations. Yeah. Now, I didn't change the, the Bible. I've still got the original name. So it says Adam. Yes. And then it's got equals red. So I, I didn't change it. Um, you can still see the name in its original form and then the translation. So it's an amplification. Okay. Amplification. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, I had a dilemma on this. I, I, I'm going, God, you know, what am I going to do with all these names? And this is pretty responsible now. Oh, geez, I've got to put this out. And what about if I do it wrong? And you know what he said? Who's doing this project? <laughs> it's your project. You do it to the best you can. And you didn't change the word of God. You just merely made some notes in the um, in the columns in there, the text. right? In the text. No, in the it's text. in the text oh, as you go text. along. But it, but it, you can see it there. In the electronic version, it's all in blue. Amazing. So you can see where it's been uh, expanded. Cain equals possession. And it's in italics and it's in blue. Okay, so how many names total were there that most people read and we've never understood the meaning because we didn't have the amplification? 2,700 names. Amazing. Each one. 33,000 entries. They have 17% 17, 17 of the words themselves. We, we got no idea what they mean. Amazing. We got three minutes left. Any final comments? <laughs> for me how, how can a person uh, get a copy of this uh names amplification bible okay my email peter whiffen w-h-i double f for facebook i for igloo n for nally at hotmail.com peter whiffen at hotmail.com email me i'll just email it straight back to you and your website <clears throat> hiskingdomstable.com which has the uh, download uh, download of the uh, Deliverances at the Table book. I did have other down downloads on there, but it got hacked by the oh. Muslims. Really? <laughs> yeah, I had to re-sort it all out. They, they were going to kill Israel on my website. <laughs> were, was yours the site um, that they put like a big, I mean, they put some kind of graphic up there? Uh, no graphic, just uh, text. 
and um, threats and all this sort of stuff. Amazing. Do you still have the original articles? Uh, no, no, I think I just, I just uh, reformatted the website and then it oh. left. Okay, good, good. But you didn't lose the work you did? Oh, no, uh, I didn't lose the work. I've still got the articles. Yes, okay, correct. yes. Okay, good, good. I want to encourage yes. you to keep working on that. This is valuable research. I've never seen well, anybody take it some, down to this hey? level. Go ahead. Yeah. No, um, it's valuable. Uh, I'm going to put some more time into different things and start to really document some stuff that we've learned. In, um, As you know, we're, we're praying deliverance for everything. If someone and wants to contact you, speaking of which, um, yes. for deliverance ministry, you, what's the best way to Facebook. reach you? Uh, Facebook, probably. Uh, Peter Whiffen on Facebook. Okay. Or Value, V-A-L-U, triple seven on Skype. And, and one more... Um, one more time, your email address? Uh, Peter Whiffen at hotmail.com. Because I'm going to write you myself right now. I need a fresh copy. Peter Whiffen yeah. at hotmail.com? It'll go on your, yeah, it'll go on your phone now. It'll go on smartphones, on a PDF, on really? a smartphone. Now, folks. It's fantastic. I want to encourage you to contribute to the ministry of Brother Peter Whiffen. He didn't ask for anything. But you know what? Uh, he's done a great job research. He's a man, he's a man of God, a minister of the gospel. He's located in Gold Coast, Ten Australia. Seconds. And if you're uh, excited about what you're hearing today about this Names Amplification Bible, which begins to bring um, meaning to the words and names that we've all read and took for granted, you want to get a copy of this. He'll send it to you free of charge PDF, but I would encourage you to make a contribution to his ministry so he can continue to be funded to do more projects like this. Uh, Peter, do you have a PayPal address? Um, yeah, my name at hotmail.com, but um, Peter I've, got, uh, no, I've got a thing up on um, um, GoFundMe, too, to help print the Bible. Oh, you do? Tell us about that real quick. You can get it off my Facebook. Um, it's Names Amplification Bible, and it's a GoFundMe campaign, and I've raised about $500 so far, and um, that's allowed me to do some testings, some print testings, because... Um, uh, it's expensive to uh, actually print the whole thing because you've got to do so many copies. And it's amazing business, uh, this printing business. You know what? I want to uh, see you succeed with it. I want to encourage people to be a part of this. Peter, if you'd be so kind, mm -hmm. if you could put that GoFundMe link up on my Facebook wall. Okay. I'll I begin will. to promote it. And I want to thank you for coming on tonight, my brother. May the thank Lord richly bless you. And yeah. um, I'm going to see you next time. Okay, and it's good, and everybody's encouraged, and uh, keep going, and that's our job. I mean, Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. Let's do it. Let me pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus, Father okay. God, I thank you for this time where the word has been shared today. I ask that you bless Peter. Bless everybody that's tuned in today, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Expand his territories and his ministry. Brother, I just speak to your body. We rebuke any infirmity, any sickness. We command it to go in the name of Jesus. We speak to your body, be healed and restore right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, expand his territories and ministry. Bless his finances. Give him every resource he needs. Lord, to complete this project, the Names Amplification Bible, and any other projects you would have him to undertake and complete. Bless him, Lord, that he can do this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that. Love you, my friend. Onward and upward. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Okay, cheers. God bless. Thank Good you for on coming on on Saturday. Okay. That was Brother Peter Whiffen. 
Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.